It's great to see such a big crowd here this morning. Thank you again for choosing to worship with us. Uh, we're in week four of a sermon series, a worship emphasis that we're calling Letting Go. And it's based on this book by Brene Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection. And um, you've heard me say this before, but if you like the sermon series at all, there's a really, really good chance you're going to love this book. There's just so much more here than I could ever possibly cover uh, in a sermon on Sunday morning. And so I recommend it to you um, if you like the sermon series. The hope and the prayer of the series is that we would let go of who we think we're supposed to be and that we would instead embrace who God has created us to be. So that's the hope and the prayer of this sermon series. Uh, As I've read the book, one of the words that kind of keeps coming to mind for me is practice, practice. Uh, When I started reading the book, what I thought the takeaway would be was some new knowledge that I didn't really know. But truth be told, now I've read every single one of Brene Brown's books and I've watched as many of her videos as I could possibly find. And one of the things that she does is she sort of stays in her lane. And so the the themes and the topics that she describes in this book, she describes in all of her other books. And so as I read that book, I, I realized that I wasn't learning a whole lot of new things. And so the takeaway for me from this book has been not in learning something new, but practicing what I already know. You know, it's one thing to know something, it's another thing to act on what you know. I mean, take, for example, you and I both know that it's uh, uh, not good for our blood sugar or our waistline to have a second dessert after every meal, right? We know that. But knowledge is one thing, but actually acting on the knowledge is something else. And so if you really are concerned about your blood sugar, if you really are concerned about your waistline, you have to take what you know and to put something into practice. And you have to kind of pull away from the table, be responsible in what you eat. It just takes practice. Well, today's uh, scripture lesson, uh, today's sermon title is Letting Go of Scarcity and fear of the dark. And in in its place, cultivating a spirit of gratitude and a spirit of joy. Now how in the world do you cultivate a spirit of gratitude and joy in your life? Guess what? You cultivate it by practicing it over and over and over again. Well, before I go any further in the sermon this morning, I think I probably need to define happiness because Brene Brown says that one of the problems that we run into is that too often you and I misunderstand the difference between happiness and joyfulness. So if we're going to get to joyfulness, we've got to first differentiate that between happiness. According to Brene Brown's research, happiness is always dependent upon our circumstances. Happiness is always tied to external situations and events. And the better those circumstances are, the happier we are. In other words, our happiness sort of ebbs and flows based on how our circumstances come and go. And the better your circumstances are, the happier you are. And if your circumstances aren't good, then you can't be happy. 
Well, the widow in our text this morning is probably experiencing all sorts of emotions, but if Brene Brown's definition of happiness is correct, one of the emotions that she is not experiencing is happiness. The country where she lives is in the midst of this severe famine and drought. The God that she serves is the God Baal, and Baal is the God of rain in that particular culture. And if you're the God of rain, we know that water is the source of all life. So if you're the God of rain, you're also the God of all life. And so they're in the midst of this severe famine and drought. And this woman and many others who worship this Baal are probably wondering whether or not this God really exists. And if this God ever did exist, then this God must now be dead because there hasn't been any rain and there soon won't be any more life. And so this woman is running out of food and she's running out of water and she is collecting up enough sticks because she knows how this is going to end. She's going to scrape together enough food for one last meal for her and for her son and then they are going to die. She knows that this is what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, this stranger that she doesn't know walks up and asks her for a little bit of water. And this is not a small ask in the midst of a severe drought and famine. And yet this woman goes to fetch this man a drink. In all likelihood, because of the importance of hospitality in this particular culture at this particular time. And as she goes to get that water, this stranger that she does not know calls out to her and says, hey, would you bring me a little food as well? And it's at this point that the woman turns around and says, you know what, I'm sorry. I can't help you. We're in the middle of this severe drought and famine. It hasn't rained in a long, long time. All I've got left is just a little bit of olive oil in a jar and a little bit of flour in a jug. I'm just trying to gather together enough sticks in order to build one last fire to provide one last meal, meager though it may be, for me and my son before we die. Happiness is not an emotion that this woman is experiencing because her circumstances won't allow her to be happy. But I think it's safe to say that this woman is experiencing fear. Elijah even tells her, do not be afraid. You see, fear thrives in conditions of scarcity. It's sort of like what Miss Nancy was talking about with the children. Uh, when there's a lot of light, everything is fine. But when the light is scarce, boy, we can find ourselves getting really fearful of the dark. And this woman is fearful. The situation looks bleak. And when you and I are afraid, we do exactly what this widow is doing in the text. We're concerned about trying to get grab hold of whatever it is that we need for our own survival. Whatever it needs that we need to try to make us feel better about ourselves. And then when we get it, we want to hold on to it. We want to protect it. We want to hoard it. We don't want anybody else to have it. And so our widow here is fearful. And the circumstances won't allow her to be happy. But, is it possible that our widow might experience joy? Um, 
Remember, happiness is dependent upon our circumstances. Happiness depends on external situations and events. And and if the circumstances are good, then we're happy. And if the circumstances are not good, we're not. But joy is not dependent upon circumstances. Joy comes to us when we have a deep spiritual connection and when we have a spirit of gratitude. And so if we want joy in our lives, we can take comfort in knowing that it's not dependent upon what's going on in our lives, the circumstances that are beyond our control. To have joy is to have this deep connection with God. And so if you want joy, and if you want a spirit of gratitude, then you might argue that what we need to do is to put into place, to put into practice those disciplines that allow us to create and sustain a deep and abiding connection with the God who is always seeking to connect to us. And if we want this joy and we want this spirit of gratitude, then it might also be helpful for us to know what are the things that get in the way of that joy and that gratitude. And Brene Brown says that the things that get in the way of that spirit and that gratitude are, uh, and that joyfulness are almost always fear and scarcity. Fear and scarcity. Because that's where this stuff thrives. It gets into the way of all that we want. We would rather, uh, because joyfulness is also fleeting, joyfulness always ebbs and flows because our connection with God may not be as strong today. We may not be as connected to God today as we might have been yesterday or that we might be tomorrow. And because this joyfulness also ebbs and flows, we convince ourselves that because we know that this joyfulness won't always be there, that it'll hurt a lot less when it goes away if we just don't allow ourselves to experience the joyfulness in the first place. Uh, We can convince ourselves that we shouldn't grab hold of this joy and celebrate this joy because we know that eventually the other shoe is going to drop. And we think that, that in order to protect ourselves, in order for it to hurt less when the joy isn't as good tomorrow as it is today, let's just not allow ourselves to experience it at all. And Brene Brown says, is that the worst thing that you and I can do? Because when we let go of fear and when we let go of scarcity and we allow ourselves to experience joy and we allow ourselves to experience gratitude, the joy and the gratitude will actually be the two things that will help us get through life when it's hard and when it doesn't go the way that we would like for it to go. And so she suggests that we not try to discount or dismiss or not experience joy and not experience gratitude because we need those when things get bad. Well, the widow was fearful in our story this morning. And her circumstances wouldn't allow her to be happy. But fear did not win the day. If fear had won the day, she wouldn't have fed Elijah when he asked her for food. I mean, despite the fact that this God that sent Elijah to her is not the same God that she worshipped, 
despite the fact that she'd never even met Elijah before in her entire life, despite the fact that there was a severe drought and famine in the land, despite the fact that she didn't have hardly enough flour or hardly enough olive oil to make food for herself, she allowed herself to let go of the fears of all of those things, and she was willing to feed Elijah. And when she let go of those fears, and when she decided to instead take a risk and to trust Elijah and to give him the loaf of bread that he requested, then she found that she herself had enough to survive. She let go of fear and found out that she possessed enough. Well, we didn't read about it in the text this morning, but the next thing that happens, I have to tell you the end of the story. Sometime later, the woman's son does in fact get sick and he stops breathing. And when, she, when the son stops breathing, guess what returns? The fear. The fear. And so she goes to Elijah and she says, how could you do this to us? You know, we already knew we were going to die. We were just gathering together our last bit of food for our last meal and then die. And then you show up on the scene and you give us hope. And you suggested that if I were to feed you that there'd be enough food and water for me and my son until the drought was over. And, and now, my son is dead. And it's because of you and it's because of my own sin." So she's not only blaming Elijah for what has happened, but she's also blaming herself because she thinks that her sinfulness has been exposed and she is really feeling fear. But here's the thing. Had she not let go of that fear earlier, she would have never lived this long anyway. And she found out that when she let go of the fear earlier and when she was willing to feed Elijah, that she had enough. And so instead she risked and she trusted Elijah. And Elijah takes uh, himself upstairs. He lays over the boy and he prays for the boy. And the boy is restored. I want to suggest to you this morning, church, that we were not created to be consumed with fear and a spirit of scarcity. That's not who God created us to be. God longs for us to be people who have a spirit of gratitude and a spirit of joyfulness. But it takes practice. Joyfulness and gratitude are not beginner's virtues because life can be really, really hard and it takes intentionality and practice for us to be joyful and to be grateful in the midst of that. And it begins with a deep abiding connection with Almighty God. And that's what we need to be cultivating. And that's what we need to be seeking in the midst of our fear and our scarcity. Uh, Brene Brown uh, ends this chapter of her book with a wonderful acronym that I think is going to be helpful for all of us as we seek to let go of fear of scarcity and to develop this sense of joyfulness and gratitude. TGIF. And if you're thinking about it in, course of the, in the context of the sermon, thank God it's finishing. That's not what I'm talking about. Here it is. TGIF. The first is trust. What am I trusting today? Where is my trust 
in what do I trust? The second uh, letter is G, grateful. Even though there's a lot to be afraid about in the world in which we live, what are the things for which I am grateful, even in the midst of my fear, even in the midst of my scarcity? The I is for inspire. What inspires me today? In the midst of all that's swirling around me, where do I find my inspiration? And the F is for faith. In what ways am I practicing faith today? T-G-I-F. Trusting, grateful, inspiring faith. Those are the four things that if we practice that regularly enough can strengthen our connection to the God who's always seeking to be connected to us. And they take practice. But if we practice, and if we pray, joy and gratitude await.